Say you like me, your heart's keep anytime I say nice things. Maybe with a shy sense, maybe fake don't say we can't fight this. You they draw me, you be fine artists. We don't preach, maybe we should try practice. We could go slow, like say we jam traffic. If they want talk shit, make we buy hard pick. When you one two one two, my check one two one two, we are back. Somewhere down the line it's Valentine's, but we don't care. We stopped buying roses way back. <laughs> All right, this is the Time of Place podcast with Slim and Cranston. Oh, sorry, slipping on duty. <laughs> anyway, today is a brilliant day, wonderful day. The sun's out, and uh, we've got a special guest in the building. Her name is Giselle, and she actually introduced me to that song playing in the background. That's Simi and Fowls. Listen to it a bit. something but if i'm too old yeah welcome giselle giselle no giselle giselle oh yeah, the look on her face is like hey this guy butchered my name <laughs> i was thinking that i was like probably we shouldn't talk now <laughs> with a french tone to it yeah you gotta put a french accent to it giselle ah, ah yes. all right yes. i get you now yeah get you. welcome thank you so we met uh, Giselle at um, one of our shindings at the Shisanya, but I've met her previously, although she doesn't remember me. But we're doing one of our impromptu. Um, yeah, it was an outside broadcasting. Outside broadcasting at the North event. Yeah, we just jumped straight into it, and Giselle was just right behind us. Yeah, we just said, "Hey, do you want to say something?" Say something. And um, in like five minutes. She said something that was very interesting, and we decided, you know what, we need to get her back on the podcast so she can finish off what she started. So if you go back to episode 23, somewhere there, the Shisanyama episode, yeah, you can hear Giselle, broadcasting, yes. but uh, she was cut off by another gentleman who had a lot of <laughs> other stuff to say. But anyway, we've got her now. So Giselle, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I don't know why this is cutting. But yeah, it's fine. Let's go on. Okay. So, yeah. you've got a business that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Please tell us about it. Okay. Um, so, I guess 
the business that I have. I mean, I've been I've been sort of cut. I think I've been in the middle of deciding whether it's a social enterprise or more of like a profitable business that I want to do. It's still kind of, I'm still in the crux of deciding what kind of thing it's going to be. So it's still developing it as I go. But okay. basically what it's called, it's called Ventrifind. Yes. And the vision behind it is looking at how, as because I've always loved fashion from a young age. I love, 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 love fashion. I love playing <laughs> dress-ups. I love shopping. And I guess the more I grew up, the more I became conscious, especially in, a, in where we're at right now globally, when we start thinking about climate change and thinking about... Um, how do we be more how do we better how do we be better stewards of the world that we've been born into mm. so i started to think about okay how do i be a conscious consumer and still enjoy fashion but i guess not necessarily be contributing so much to, especially fast fashion is not the best fashion there is out there to be honest in yeah. terms of like the making the quality but also the stories behind it we've got sweatshops that are happening in developing countries um so starting to kind of consider all those different elements, the environmental impact, the human impact, and starting to kind of be a little bit more conscious. So in that internal conversation that I was having with myself, <laughs> that's how I started to kind of, to, I guess, bring this thing to life. Because I used to get a lot of people ask me questions around um, what I would wear. They're like, oh, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, oh, I got it from the op shop. Yeah. So my transition to shopping in the op shop was initially was more like, it was cheap. <laughs> and then, but I, I kind of realized that, especially in Australia, our style is not really up there. So yeah. it's hard to find really nice stuff. Yeah. And Listen, sizing as well in Australia for African Especially girls. for us. Even for us guys, it's the same struggle. Yeah. As in, um, uh, pair by pair of jeans, I like it's a 38. Mm. But the Australian 38 is totally different from like back home. Yeah. It's a like small 38. So mm. I found myself looking one... It's if if I'm in South Africa, right, or the UK, I buy a thirty-eight. That's it. Mm. Now here, if I go to YD, it'll be a different thirty-eight. Will be might be smaller. Yeah. If I go to Target, every shop is different. <laughs> it's different, yeah. So you know, yeah, because the whole concept I think of having a size on a garment yeah. is so that you don't you don't constantly go through the shops trying out stuff. Mm. Just know, oh, especially it's as men. We don't like wasting time in shops. <laughs> just pick 38. Then you come back home and it's tight. Or it's big. <laughs> Remember that boxing day shopping thing? Yeah, the one you did. Yeah, like, what happened? Was, I bought like 20 pants. <laughs> 20 pants? Yeah, they were like 10 bucks. And you didn't try them on? No, it's oh, like, yeah, the same size. That. Just get everything different colors. Yeah. And um, I'm still trying to like go through them, right? And <laughs> I, I tried I, I to put on something. One. Yeah, you grabbed one. Yeah. Probably the best one. But anyway, I tried something and it was small, man. And it wasn't really small, it was the slim. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh my, and I was late to go somewhere. And I was like, I just, you know, like, you know just put this thing on. Yeah. yeah. And it was horrible. Oh, like, oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, men, yeah, men and shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're definitely right about um, not really having a lot of options as far as yeah, Africans. Yeah. Because Africans, especially African ladies, when it comes to fashion, you're Quite, quite there. Very particular. Even just body structure as well. Like when you think about what the beauty standard is in Australia and yeah. what the beauty standard is back in an African country, in different sure. African countries have different standards. Yes. So here it's all about being really slim and skinny and flat, wow. everything. Whereas yeah. back home, yeah, it's completely different. You need a bit Curves. of shape, right? Yeah, if you're anybody, then, you've got a pot belly. If you're not, yeah. you don't have a pot belly, you're <laughs> a bro. 
like for the belly? men. I'm telling what? you. That's a thing. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> no. Belly. I'm sorry if anybody has a pot belly. Sorry. <laughs> like all the men have pot bellies listen to this podcast. Oh, anyway. oh <laughs> You're going to get emails of complaints. Nah. How rude. Nah, nah, nah. Listen, if there's one So pot thing, belly represents some... It, it represents being settled. It represents money. It represents... Really? Um, Oh my god. Like almost I don't care that much anymore. I'm just hey. gonna look the way I look because I've got like three Mercedes or something like that. What oh. do you think? Well, um oh. yeah, it used to be like that in the olden days. Listen, it was a sign of health. Of hey. being healthy as in you're eating good, yeah. really? you're married, so like you're carrying happy. the stomach. Yeah, you're carrying all the it, food inside you. Yeah, <laughs> in, in, carrying in, the food, it, but at least you have food, right? Yeah. Like in my um okay. in my tribe, when you get married, if mm. you're a skinny guy. Yeah. And you get married two years later, you're still skinny. Still skinny problems. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother will be like, what's happening? Wow. Is, th- is this chick yeah, starving you? Wow. And I literally confront you like in private and yeah. they'll say, um, what are you doing to our son? You're not keeping hey, him well or something. I'm like so that. glad I don't live in such a society. <laughs> have you heard the term, have you ever heard the term blesser? I've heard the term blesser from a, a South African song. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a very real phenomenon. There are wow. very few, if any, thin or physically fit blessers. All blessers must be kind of bloated, oh, huge. <laughs> but True you see, story. that's touching on what we we're talking about, the different beauty standards and, I mean, different ideas of beauty in different spaces. Like in that kind of context that probably represents wealth and health yeah. and whatever. Whereas I think more in the Western world, it's like the more healthy you look, it means that you're a healthy person. You know, there's oh. a kind of, there's that consideration of just being healthy. Yeah. Like personally, uh, even my dad was like, dad, you need to work out. This ain't right. <laughs> but, uh, but believe you, you me. need to get yourself some food. Girl, <laughs> no. if, if we're we going to Angry Jacks from here. Oh, Listen, if we go to your dad mm. and a super skinny guy yeah. and say, let's do a hundred meter dash, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised that your dad would be able to go maybe... 100 meter dash, the skinny guy might win, but if say let's go 400 meters, mm. your dad might go all the way. Oh, He's I probably see. got more endurance than the skinny guy. Interesting. Interesting yeah, it's, it's, phenomenon. <laughs> I, I, I tend to shock a lot of people because a lot of people think I'm fat, which I'm not. But okay. if you put me like on a basketball court or any sporting you sh- whatever, you I'd be shocked. I mean, <laughs> I'm a DJ. Game. We I can stand up all night and not ah. sit down all night i can play from like two o'clock in the afternoon to like six o'clock the next day wow and i'll wake up wow. come back home sleep for an hour and go on. oh my goodness wow that's impressive yeah. i so, don't anyway. know how you do all right let's get back to faction <laughs> yeah. we're getting carried away okay we are getting carried away but that's i mean we were i guess the way we got here is, is talking about the whole beauty standards and how yeah. they're different and i guess speaking specifically to african women in australia is that the beauty standards here are completely different so the clothes that we shop yeah. for are not made for us in mind yes. you know there's a there's a standard size that you know, that women here are able to fit into, but whereas we've come here a little bit later and that's never catered for us. Yeah. So you find that in shops, it's hard to find things that fit you. They fit around the legs, but they're hanging around the waist. They fit mm. you in all the wrong places. So I found that as a big problem. And also because I'm quite small, so that was even harder. So op shopping was an easy way for me to find things that I could alter because if I said, if I spent like $10 on it, I'm happy to go and get it altered yeah. because it's not a big deal. But if I spent a hundred dollars on a pair of pants and I have to go get them altered after that, nah, nah. it's just ridiculous. Too much. So, 
it started off just you know slowly slowly making those small adjustments slowly slowly and then from that that's when people are like oh where'd you get that from i'm like op shop where'd you get that from op shop and i'm like oh okay like even this bag here i wish you could show people this is op shop how can, cute can describe is it. this it's, uh, it looks like a small body bag it's a zebra pattern on it like um looks funky this is too it's much really swag nice. you can't yeah. find like i can't even on top of my head i can't think of a store in australia right now that i can go and find a bag like this for real yeah, it's hard to yeah, find that's true. I, stuff I, that's I actually, like unique. Oh, side note, I have an online clothing store. Oh, okay. And yes, and I do have fast bags? fashion. No, okay. but those are like our top sellers. Like the body bags, the smaller bags are yeah. top sellers all the time. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. wouldn't go in a store out here and, and get one of those for sure. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. So I, I, okay. I find so many unique pieces in your shop. Because it's bringing different people, different ages, different, you know. So that's yeah, where yeah. the vision started. Okay. And then from just people asking me all the time, I decided to do one. I just started an Insta- a separate Instagram and I said, hey, I'm selling some of my stuff because I was trying to get rid of... I, this is when I was starting to be intentional to be um, more ethical, more conscious with my wardrobe. I wanted to get rid of stuff and kind of start over again. So I did this 100-day no-shopping challenge yeah. where I wanted to look at what I had and figure out how to best wear it. So in that experience, I found so many different things that I had and started to get rid of things. And from that, that's how I started selling things to people. And they're like, oh my God, yeah, we'll buy it, we'll buy it. And it was selling really well. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe we'll continue doing this. Okay. So it was working in the beginning because I, I had time. But the busier I got, the harder it got to do. So yeah. I, I guess it's been an on and off, back and forth kind of thing where I haven't yet I, only now am I in a, like a stable place where I'm trying to figure out the best way to continue running it where mm. my focus is not necessarily going to be because I've been trying to think of what is the best way to help people become more ethical given my journey yeah so with my journey I've learned that you can't be extreme from the get go you got to start slowly yeah. and in starting slowly you need the skills and the tools to, to help you figure out how do you use what you already have because your your market is quite diverse. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Is it so? What do you sell? If 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 you're saying that you're small, you mm-hmm. buy small stuff. So that's how, big, so that's how can't shop from you. No, 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 no. So so when I that's when I started. But mm-hmm. when people wanted wanted things, what I started to do is I would go and just shop for what I think looks nice. Mm-hmm. So even if it's like a size twelve, I'll buy it. Even if it's because then the thing is, if nobody buys it who's that size, I can alter it and make it smaller to fit me. Yeah. So oh, that's wow. so there was a range of different sizes. There was always different sizes based off like if I thought something was really cute, I'm like, yeah, I'll get that. Do you do the alterations yourself? No, I usually go get them done by. Yeah, because alterations are expensive. expensive. Yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Expensive. I bought a pair of jeans. Picked up one for ten bucks. Mm. It was a slightly longer, so I wanted to have it, uh, you know, folded and all that. Mm. The jeans were ten dollars. The alteration was thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's the annoying thing. Ah, oh, that's frustrating. That's that. That's what makes it so un- not accessible. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so I used to get them altered. Like, um, I think I'll just go to a shop, depending. But then the alterations happened rarely because if it was something that usually people of that size will get it, and also people that tend to be into op shopping, they tend yeah. to be okay with oversized things because that's part of their style. So oh, they tend right. to be okay with getting an oversized piece because then if it's like a blazer, you can make it an oversized blazer and that's a look. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I found that I didn't really have to make a lot of alterations. It was more for okay. myself when I had to make alterations. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, I want to change this up to be this. So that's oh, how okay. the selling started. So now in the past couple of months or in the past three months, I've been trying to figure out how do I work smart and not hard because the shopping and selling is a lot of hard work. Unless I had a team of people that were into op shopping that could do that and kind of continue bringing in things. 
yeah. which in the future I hope to kind of do. But in the meantime, I'm trying to work out um, focusing more on educating people on how to become more conscious consumers. So looking at all the everything I've learned in the past two years mm. with this business, even with my own personal journey, like with fashion seeing how I can use those skills to kind of bring together like a workshop where people can learn how to be better consumers, how to shop better, how to dress better, how to yeah. dress for themselves or to dress for where they're at in life. And cause I think at the core of it is just my love for fashion. Cause I think fashion is a powerful tool to speak yeah. to the world. I, I love fashion. I'm lazy, but I love fashion. <laughs> Once every six months I come out yeah. and I show my and that's style yeah. and then I just go back to a t-shirt jeans yeah. For like six years. <laughs> uh, for six years. I always say, you know, I always say that fashion is a voice. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extension of who you are and you can express yourself through that voice. Yeah. It's a creative voice and I think it has power to influence yeah. the people my, around you. My father always used to tell us that um, don't go out there looking like you didn't come from here. Which mm. means if you're coming from my house. You need to look like you're coming from us. I don't want you to go out there and, and people say, Is that Mr. Katongo's children? Hey, look. Yeah, he was very specific. If you won't get into my dad's car if you are not looking the way he wants you to look. Just like, yes, you are staying. You are staying. You are, let's wow. go. My dad, my dad loves his fashion as well, yeah. actually. He's a big fashion person as well. Now, African men were quite particular like that. Mm. We, we always think of where we're going. As in, um, you won't, I wouldn't go into the city mm-hmm. with uh, sleepers or thongs as they call them here. Yeah. But all the guys, they're okay. They'll go with thongs. <laughs> and yeah, you know, yeah. back in Africa, when, when you're going to town, yeah. you have to be dressed up, smart, tacked yeah. in, everything, you know. So we're mm-hmm. quite fashion aware. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think you're... Your, your idea is brilliant. It's really, really brilliant. Because there are so many avenues. There are people who don't like shopping. Mm. You get those. And there are people who like, um, especially op shops. In my experience, I know they're good with like one-off garments. Mm. Like for me, I like one-off garments where if I buy something, I'm probably the only one who's got it. Mm. Whereas most people, they don't mind. So your idea to me sounds like your uh, market is one of those people who like one-off comments. Yeah, people that, I guess, that care about being unique. Uh-huh, <laughs> so, yeah. like, you're right. Like, you find so many unique pieces in the op shop that you wouldn't yeah. find anywhere else, which I think is reflective of who we are as human beings. We're also unique in our own ways. Yeah. And I think sometimes the fashion we consume, like mass, you know, mass production doesn't allow us to have that uniqueness because we're just kind of it's everything for yeah, everybody, just dump everything. It's, like uniform. No it's like uniform i left high school for that yeah. so <laughs> i'm like you know you buy because i've worked in retail for a long time as well i used to work with my casual jobs in the past yeah. and i remember girls will come in this weekend to buy the same dress another dress came last another girl came last week to buy the same dress and i'm like and then you guys? go to a party and you're all looking the same exactly and i'm like ah oh, man <laughs> Five girls all in Dressed red, the same. especially <laughs> such occasions like Valentine's. Mm. Valentine's boat cruise, all the ladies, five of them, same outfit. Oh. <laughs> I remember doing a conference last year in Sydney, a work conference, and it was an eighties theme, and um, it was just like it's simple, right? Wake up in the morning, like I'm a guy. Wake up in the morning, find the outfit because I'm flying out in the afternoon. And I went through the shops, and it's like eighties theme, right? So I can't find that in any of the the, the mainstream shops. There's this underground shop in the city, 
and I got a dangle. So I found like all of you know how those um like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the fluorescent kind of like Shirts. jumper thing. No, it was like yeah, a zipper. bright color. Yeah, mm-hmm. like ugly looking stuff. And um, got that for like five bucks and a dangaree. Yeah. Mm. I was like, wow, dangaree so nineties, right? Let me get a dangaree. Yeah. yeah. And I looked the part. I had these like square, you know, shades that you know Shabaranks or someone used to wear. And I was like, yeah, I got the look. And I, I go and um, I spent like seventeen dollars in total. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I get to this event later in the night. It's happening. It's going great. And first of all, it was a, it was an event of over a thousand employees. I was the only black person there, which is weird. But <laughs> we do this something. Yeah, everyone is like, um, you know, doing their white thing in the eighties. And I was. Like, <laughs> And this man, like, later in the evening, rocks up to me and says, Oh, I love your outfit. What's the look? You know, I was like, oh, I'm try- I was trying to go for, like, MC Hammer. So I was like, Oh, we thought you looked like Baba from the Green Mile. <laughs> I was like, What? Baba <laughs> from the Green Mile? The Green Mile. The first of all, I was as it come. Baba was this dude. I don't know. He was, like, accused of killing someone. Yeah. <laughs> and he was on death row. Oh! The worst person who wants to look like in a white country. Yeah, the dangry is beautiful. I immediately, it was like 1 a.m. That was it for me. I'm done. Everybody look at me, look up and down, and then I give me high five. I'm cool, killing the look. Baba. I was looking like Baba on death row. I am not doing op shop. Anyway. For the sake of the podcast, what is op shop? What's an op shop? An op shop is, I guess, a lot of the, like it's more it's actually an american term like op shops are used more in america but like in australia for me in my interpretation an op shop is a secondhand store so yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got your vinnies you've got your salvos you've got your good summies all these different and the beauty about it is that a lot of their work that they do is charity work so charity they work. some of them employ disabled people some of them are doing things in the community to help people that are in need some of them are doing international work like save the children so there's yeah. a range of different things that they're doing to i guess in your purchase it's attached to so many different aspects as yeah. well of making the world a better place it's not just like the, the recycling element but i try not to lament on that because my focus is more i want people to think about fashion more uh-huh. to think about because there's a lot there to be explored especially now that we're moving towards a place where we're conscious of the of climate change as being a problem so yeah. the more people are being conscious the more we're trying to have conversations like around how do we be more ethical how do we be more conscious in the different things that we do so mm. There is that benefit of the fact that it's benefiting other avenues of charity, but yeah. I wanted to just focus more on the fashion element. How do we have better wardrobes? How do we dress better? How do we? Because like clothes play a part in your self confidence and self and also save a bit of money and save a bit of money, of course. See, that's where I'm having an issue though. So yeah. clothes sort of demonstrate your self confidence, right? Not demonstrate. How... Okay, what word am I looking for? I think. They express. express. I think express mm. is the better word. How would I express my self-confidence if I'm going to buy second-hand clothes? Well, that comes back to like you having an understanding of who you are and how you want to present yourself. So first of all, I think it always starts, I think how you dress is reflective of how you feel about yourself. So if you're a person that's reflective and wants and you care about expression, you care about, because um, I find that I guess with my fashion, it in so many ways represents my loud personality and kind of constantly trying different things that are out there not necessarily everything that everybody else is wearing there's that sense of uniqueness so, so when i go shopping i'm looking for things that align with that uh-huh. you know i'm looking for color i'm looking for patterns i'm looking for different things i've never seen in the normal store that's yeah. what i'm looking for I've, I've i've got a friend who's 
into loud fashion. I see if I can call him later on. <laughs> <I'll call> him. <laughs> he's, he's, so he's all into the thrift to, and all yeah, that. Yeah, going back to his question on how does how does that bring in the ex- the expression of your confidence? Oh. Is that just that that self awareness? Because confidence, I think, confidence is rooted in that self awareness and accepting that self that you've discovered to be aware of. Right, and now having the confidence to actually express that freely and not caring about people and what they think. By buying secondhand clothes. The thing is, the problem secondhand clothes are not the problem, (laughs) because everybody we live in a Western world. Like, what you imagine secondhand clothes to look like is not what they look like. That's uh, what I wanted to get to at some point. In 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 back home, secondhand clothes is seen as uh, yeah, there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of stigma attached to it. But here, there's no stigma. (laughs) I I know a couple of rich people who strictly shop in op shops. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, go the person sitting here who's driving a Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's normal here, but back home it's like um, no, you wouldn't see me buying secondhand clothes. Yeah, maybe it's it's clothes for dead people. <laughs> even well, if it is, like who cares? Like you wash it, you just turn yeah. it again. Well, I think I think it's because the, the same applies because <laughs> even in the shop, yeah, most shops, most clothes are not generally. People try them on. They try them on. Yeah, put them back on. Died. Yeah, so, maybe one garment, thirty people will try it on. Yeah. So yeah. what? What the heck is that? I think it's. I guess it's like that. That whole it's a it's a it's depending on what society you live in. I definitely think within the African context, people have a stigma towards secondhand shopping. Like even the way you, even the questions you're asking me. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it like, this way, right? Here's how you could possibly holistically understand my my um, my mindset on this. I issue. do understand your mindset. On this you issue. have there are like three. Okay, there are like three tiers here. The top tier is I am I am so low on my self esteem. I'm going to buy Gucci, Fenty. Yeah. I'm gonna buy like Nike and Adidas so I can show people that I, you know, I'm, I'm in the cool, I'm in the yeah. now, I'm in the now. Yeah. And then in the middle section where I reside would be like, yeah. I don't give, as long as I'm not naked, you know what I mean? Hold on, yeah. listen. Okay, there's a call. I'm doing the, I'm doing the podcast right now, and uh, we're talking about fashion, like loud fashion, like your style. So I wanted just to get your input on it. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen, I've got Wilson on the line. Wilson, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. So I've got a special friend of mine, Giselle, here. She's into fashion as well, more like you, loud and all that. So we're just discussing, like, the different aspects of fashion. You've got very good tips on fashion. <laughs> all right, go. Okay, so what do we... What, I guess... No, I guess Wilson... No, I think Wilson, I think he wants you to tell us why is your fashion so loud? What does it mean for you? Is it something Why that is it so loud? Yeah. Is that the word that you use? Apparently, <laughs> apparently, because I said loud. Not, not really, not really loud. What I said is you, like you and me, we we are, we are into fashion and we're not afraid to express ourselves. That's the word expression. Yes. As in, you would put yeah. on a bow tie that most guys would think like. Nah. I remember one time you had like a wooden bow tie. Huh. Am I yeah. correct? Yes, I did. Yeah. So we were talking about expression and and most and like you know most people. Are scared to like go the extra uh, mile, you know, in terms of fashion. And Giselle is um, does in uh, like all these op shop type of uh, arrangements. Okay. So we most people think it's bad shopping at op shops, but you and I we're like, hey, you know what? If it's a good piece, it's a good piece. You Can can flip it, and you are good at that. Yeah, I think I think maybe I should explain. For me, I think uh, the biggest thing is I try to differentiate between. 
style and fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And style, you can own style. Like you have your own style. So like, for example, you're DJ Slim. You've got your own style of the shoes that you like, uh, the shorts or jeans that you like, the tops that you like to wear. That, that, that belongs to you because that's personal to you. Mm-hmm. And then um, with myself, again, it's the same thing. I like, you know, to be more, uh, you know, my bow ties and my... My, 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 the type of shirts that I wear. So that's my own style, you know, that because you own that, that's unique to you. Mm. And then that becomes, it's, it, then it's, it depends on where it sits in, in terms of fashion. So you get certain people that want to buy what's in, what's trending. So for example, right now, the st- if you look back about two, three years ago, we found that a lot of R&B musicians were wearing the same type of style that was present in the 90s, which is loud, colorful, yeah, that we spoke came, about that. So, yeah, and so the that came back into that came back to style. That fashion came back, but certain people will look at that trend, and then that's what becomes a fashion, right? Because they say, okay, this is what this artist is wearing, so I want to start wearing that. So that's the new fashion that people are doing. So I kind of feel like, yeah, even op shops, for example, they are good examples of you know retro type of clothing that people wore in the 80s or 70s because that comes from different people at different stages in their lives, right? So we find that uh, if you're stylish, you shop in places like that because then you find something unique. And when you find something unique, and let's say you go out to a nightclub and you're wearing, I don't know, what kind of shoes do you like? I mean, this is, you like you like Adidas, right? Or, Puma. Puma, yes. That's exactly right. So you go to a club and everybody's in Nike, yeah. right? And then you show up with Pumas, they are retro, they're unique to you because that's your style. But what's in fashion at that time is Air Jordan. But everybody's going to notice you because you are different from what everybody, and you're not scared to express yourself because Pumas are unique to you. So I think that's, I don't know if I'm answering your guys' question. Yeah, no, 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 you're doing very well. Amazing and kind of differentiating between the two. Yeah, what do you think about the stigma involved with um, like secondhand clothing? That's a you. You know what? It's actually weird. Like if you come back, if you you know, um, I think secondhand clothing it depends again, right? Like there's different op shops that you go to, and usually for me, like if you're going to go into an op shop, you're trying to find something very unique. So for example, my love for bow ties came from secondhand shops, and and what I did find in there is a unique type of bow tie that was unique to. Uh, the guys that actually invented the clip that comes with those bow ties were from Australia. So uh, I know they were from Western Australia, and it was called a stay-on at that particular time. And that company still exists in Melbourne. They do ties and they do bow ties as well. So I found that in Oxford, and they were velvet, so which is a representation of the 70s. And when I wore that, people didn't, couldn't tell the difference between the fact that it either was from an op shop or it had come from, you know, you know, one of these big retail stores out there. But if you look at it... Uh, the quality and the style, you could actually you could actually think that that thing cost you anywhere between thirty to forty dollars. Nice. And actually, it was cheaper than that was. So, so people were different. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So Giselle has actually got an online shop. So make sure you support her. All right. <laughs> okay. We don't have I anything for men, though. But <laughs> well, no, I found, I found your customer right there, man. So <laughs> it depends, though. Like, I don't think I can go into an op shop and buy a shirt. Uh, or buy pants or whatever. Like there's certain things that I accessories that I am drawn to in op shops because those are unique. Uh, yeah. But certain people will go buy shirts. And, but and you've pants got no whatever. issue 
purchasing a second-hand item. That's. I don't think there's any issues in purchasing second-hand items. I mean, to each their own in terms of your hygiene standards with a lot of people. But you see, there's two types of options. There's the ones where they're collector's items, so the ones that really emphasize that they're they're retro shops, and so you have a specific type of customer that goes to look for that particular type of clothing. Mm. And these are like the polka dot markets that happen at the at the Claremont every year. Specifically, it's got its own type of clientele. Mm. And you've got other op shops where it's just, it, it taps into a different demographic. It's not really about style. It's really just about people that can't really afford to go into a shop and buy a certain type of clothes. So they go in there. And then I've also got friends who make a lot of money, but they actually prefer to buy stuff from the op shops. Mm. So it's yeah. not just about dead people's clothes, is it? <laughs> oh my god! Think about when you when you put your stuff in those salvo bins and all those stuff, those things around Perth. Mm. Those things get washed and then those are things that are so you know get put back into the op shops. Mm. So it's not really dead people, but yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I see, I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's been uh, nice talking to you. I'll, I'll give you a call after the pod. Sorry to just cut you in, but you know you're you're you're, you're guest starring on the podcast soon. <laughs> all right, thanks. You guys take care. Nice to meet you guys, and uh, all the best with the show. All right, cheers, yes. man. I'll call you later when I finish. Cheers, yes, thanks. Yeah. All right. I love the distinction that he drew between style and fashion. I think that's an important aspect. Yeah, this is one. I, well, when we were talking, yeah. I just thought of like, I know a dude who yeah. is, is a direct But I guess for me, it's, it's less necessarily about, like I think for me, it's there's a huge emphasis on recycled fashion. Because when mm-hmm. we recycle, we're prolonging how long a piece of clothing gets to stay in the system. Yeah, and there are things like, um, like express, uh, jeans. You know, Levi's, they still have the first pair of jeans they made. Levi's still, great. My favorite brand. Yeah, some jeans. people say, oh, that's gross. It's over 100 years old. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, time, um, it's timeless fashion. And like you say, like sometimes you find bargains of things that are, could be, that are super expensive. Because yeah. the other thing about ethical fashion, it's not just about, it's not about just buying cheap. It's yeah. just that op shops make it cheap because they don't have time to figure out how expensive something is. Mm. But um, it's about buying quality. Because yeah. I think even like for me outside of thrift shopping, I'm starting to move towards like buying expensive things. Not yeah. because I want to buy expensive things, because I want to focus more on quality and how it's made. How long is this going to last me? Because now I'm starting to take conscious steps to make mm. sure that if I buy something, it's going to last me a long time. I can wear it over and over again. I can restyle it. I can do different things with it. So I'm getting my money. I'm getting the worth of my money. It's, it's, it's a brilliant idea. And that's why on that day I said, you know, we need Giselle to come and uh, explain further because um, I've heard, you know, around when people say, ah, oh, I wouldn't go into an op shop. I wouldn't. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you know, so if, if packaged properly, people will still. My sister bought some red bottoms from an op shop. Mm. Mm. Really good ones. Yeah. Mm. My sister so, is wonderful at finding really. Yeah. No, my so sister is good at finding so like um there's another customer i know <laughs> this one will come back to him later but yeah. she finds like amazing like prada bags and like so she's more into like um high-end, high-end fashion, fashion. so yeah. she finds like really dope stuff as well because her i guess when she goes off shopping she's looking for those specific things like for, she's kind of like him where mm. he's looking for specific kind of thing whereas yeah. for me sometimes it's like okay i need like a t-shirt or something like there's some things i don't buy in the option like i wouldn't buy like underwear or bras or like those sort of kind of intimate things Mm. but 
t-shirts, jeans, pants, skirts. If it's cool, if, if it's if I if I like it, if it's still if it's still looking like it's it can be it can be worn, I'll buy yeah. it. Um, now, don't you think this sounds like a crazy question? But if we all started buying uh, second hand clothes, uh, won't we put other people out of work, like people who work in factories and all in, that? In Bangladesh, <laughs> in India, but in that's China. The thing. the thing is, the problem is, I, I think the thing is, we're never going to get to that point because people just won't do that. Because oh, there still needs to be there great still answer, needs the to way. be diversity in what we yeah. purchase. Like I don't just op shop because I realize that my love for fashion is creative, and mm. sometimes what I want is not going to be in the op shop. So I'm okay to go into like a different store and buy something expensive. What I avoid is fast fashion, and I do understand uh. your aspect of people, you know, fast fashion, how it's feeding the economy. Mm. But I think that. The problem is that the system hasn't... People haven't sat down enough to, to kind of revise how can we do production better. Because uh, as much as when you think about it... Because I know, like, I remember we had this debate when I was doing my master's, like, around, like, you know, you know this, these international spaces where people are purchasing things and, like, sweatshops. If you take that away, they have no income. Yeah. So that's a fault in the system that we need to revise. Of how can we do better? How can we do differently? How can we reassess their working conditions? How can we actually... So that's where I think with this whole uh, people thrifting and things like that, you're, t- you're starting to take your profit elsewhere and it's making stores to rethink about what they're doing. For example, H&M, mm. now they have a collection, they have a conscious collection where oh. they're recycling stuff. They're starting to use some of the pieces that people return or some things that have been worn, like bought and returned. So they recreate that and sell it again. Oh, so right. the people, when people start to expand and start to question and put pressure on companies that are doing fast fashion, they, they start they, to revise they because they revise. can do better. If they wanted they to, they, they can do better, absolutely. There's so, this, because um, I have an issue with my partner back home mm-hmm. in Zambia with that, um, uh, the clothing store is... Throwing him under the bus? It's a her, but no. Um, <laughs> there's this thing, the BCI initiative, the, the the Better Cotton Initiative, I think it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah. it on yeah. So what, what... What I decided to do in this whole ethical, you know, mm. conversation was to buy only clothes that had, that were getting, you know, like, that had a, I, I would say, like, in loose loose terms, a, a paper trail towards an ethical, you know, forest, ethical, you know, farming um, practices, ethical mm. manufacturing factories, whatever. So it's a BCI initiative. We made a huge announcement on our Facebook. And she was happy about that, you know, ethically. But those are expensive, mm-hmm. you know, because it's ethical. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. organic. Organic food is yeah. not your cheapest food out there. Yeah. That's the thing. Because no. it's organic. Yeah. And how then, can you lose weight if McDonald's is cheaper than the I mean, healthy I mean, honestly. But this is honestly. what I was saying. It goes back to the system that we've all participated in making. Is yeah. that, like, big corporations have a responsibility. Also, consumers have a responsibility. And this is why I'm starting to focus more on personal style. Because if you know what you want you're less yeah. likely to go into a normal store and just buy anything. And the moment they notice, oh, hang on, people are not buying this anymore. Why? What's going on there? They start to ask questions because they want to make profit. Yeah. And if they want to make profit, if they want to make long-lasting profit and actually create better consumer relations, then in investing in more ethical and, and actually getting things that people want, it yeah. helps in doing that. So obviously, short-term, we won't make profit. But long-term, when you think about customer engagement, you think about uh, just the future of the world, mm. we we can do better and we can actually find ways to make it accessible to people. Yeah. yeah. We've got, um, Giselle's sister. Oh, <laughs> she's actually <laughs> she's, a fashion designer. <laughs> yeah. And she was sitting back there and she just, yeah. 
She couldn't yes, help. It's like, I need to say something. Uh, uh, oh, she, she, she comes to you and say something. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. Do it. Just say it right there. Jesus, Fine. Um, yeah. No, no, have yeah. a seat. Yeah. I, mean, I feel yeah. bad because... Don't feel bad. But it's ethical <laughs> for a guest to be seated. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, CC. Mm. All right. Oh, my speaking straight away. Yeah. Well, I what just, did you want to say? Well, I just want to point out that consumers had, have the most responsibility because the market literally depends on them and is actually shaped for them. Mm. So wherever they go, the market follows. Come on. So if we put more pressure on companies to be more ethical, they have to revise because... Then we're not pi- we're not buying. Yeah, and then they're it's an not exchange. selling. So it's an exchange. It's like fifty fifty. Yeah. So that's all I actually want to say. <laughs> well, before you before you leave, let's yeah. let's just take this back a little bit because now we've gone into like so much detail. Let's <laughs> let's reintroduce because we did, we didn't get an intro from you. Okay. And Neither did we get from. Oh, we didn't get an intro from. No, we did. We just went straight into in, it. I, I did say. I guess like, I so, my name. So let's spend uh, like a few all minutes. Right. Okay. Giselle, tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. And you also said that you're doing a PhD right now. Just mention a little bit about that, and then we'll cross it over to you, your sister, sister. What's your name again? Cece. Cece. That's her full name. Cece Santia Ingenere. Okay, that's oh, like, okay. So, 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 so Cece is like a short for... It's actually just... It's actually Cici. my name. Oh, really? That's yeah, fine. it's my brand new name. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so if we could do like that. Let's start okay. with Giselle. All right. Well... Giselle is my name, and I am currently enrolled in... A PhD looking at the intersectionality of resettlement and religion. And uh, um, I guess on the side, I have a, I'm interested in conscious fashion. So I'm currently working on developing workshops and helping consumers become better, better conscious consumers when it comes to fashion. So where we get to fall in love with fashion, but do it in a way that's ethical and sustainable long term. So that's mm. kind of my business, and that's what I do on the side. You're from Rwanda? Or? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you just give me questions. I can. Yeah. So I yeah I was born in Rwanda, and I've been in Australia for the past majority of my life now. All right. So, yeah. Go on the guy. And Cici. Okay. So um, I'm Cici, um, Giselle's little sister. Um, so basically, I'm doing my undergrad in international relations and anthropology. And I was initially enrolled in a Bachelor in Design in Melbourne, which I then transferred into my other undergrad. Um, on the side, I run um, a business. Initially, it was freelance, but now I'm kind of expanding into um, making and selling products. And also, I'm an artist. I paint, I illustrate. Oh, what else do I do? Yeah, I do a lot. I just do a lot. I do a lot of creative stuff. I've been looking for, side note, I've been looking for a designer forever because I want to move away from just buying from China, by the Mm. way. True, true story. I feel that. um, Like the last year we were trying to close a deal with like um, some award winning, I won't go into details because then she's also like waiting for her lawyer to come up with something, but she's extremely expensive. She's like... Mm. um, Shows at the, the 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 Paris Fashion Show. She's an award winning student from there. Awesome. And um, she says that her her focus is grunge and stuff like that. She wants yeah. to go into that direction, but I don't have a market for that in Africa. Yeah. So I'm trying to you know bring <laughs> yeah, her into really. the African kind of thing because yeah. I want you know bring her on board. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, so in short, I'm in I'm in the market for a fashion designer because then. You know, mm. if I'm going to sell clothes, I'm going to sell stuff. You that want to sell stuff that's. You see, and that's yeah. the beauty about podcasts. It brings people together <laughs> and gives connections. <laughs> so we are Look so talking up off mic. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. 
So, mm. here's the thing though. You're a fashion designer mm-hmm. and your sister is, is into second hand and style and all that. Yeah, fashion style. Yeah, fashion and style. Yeah, not, yeah. Second, not just how, second How do you yeah. mesh that? Well, what I see that Giselle does is that she is she's not selling just product. She yeah. kind of sees, sees the soul in garments. She oh. looks at clothes for like not just their style, but their color, their vibe, and like how does that person feel when they're wearing it? It's like each yes. garment is very special to her. Hence, yeah. why she purchases it for herself, and then she then sells it. It's like each each garment is special to her. So. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah. If, if you look at her Instagram, I've been, yeah. I've been trying on her Instagram, to be honest. And by the way, one of my clients is, is like following you. One of your clients, yeah, okay. Yeah, her under bus. Harriet. So, so do you have like a label? Yeah, um, it's called Sensic. Sensic, it's basically, yeah, Sensic. All right, so what do you do like? Just ladies, gents. Oh, so I'm actually just. Couture. I'm just like a unisex. I, yeah, I just. Can I speak? Yes, thank right you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited. <laughs> so I actually I'm just starting it now, but I've been working on it for a couple of months now. Um, mm. Right now, looking at comfort wear, so I'm kind of focusing on the street scene and looking at clothes that are unisex, where it kind of doesn't make you feel like you know you're obliged to wear something because of your gender. It's more like. Is it comfortable? Does it make me feel confident? Does it give off this vibe where I can wear it wherever I want and however I want type of yeah. thing? So that's where I'm at right now. And it's also easier to print design on comfort wear. You can have like different illustrations and it's easier to style. It's like, it's much more versatile. So it's more about being comfortable. Yeah. And also wearing art because she paints stuff and then they put it on the pieces. Oh, the then you put yeah. it on your... Yeah. 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 So basically I illustrate graphically Graphic. as well and I paint also. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. She's oh, hitting all the checklists. I was like, okay, tick, okay, tick. You know what? At some point, Cranston, yeah. you and me are just going to keep quiet because this does sound like it's a podcast. So just step back and let them take over. Which no. is what we should do now. If you go on a bit of a rant and stuff a like that. Honestly, I feel like from just sitting out like and just listening to Giselle, I feel like yeah. she's not representing what she does accurately. Okay. Like, you're so focused on the little details you're not seeing. No, I'm just the, answering the questions I'm getting. Just... just Sometimes you need that external perspective no, to help I feel you like, see. You know what? That's I think if you step away from ask, like, answering the questions, just think about your story as a whole. Mm. Like, I remember when Giselle was working in retail. So that's that's where it sparked the op shopping thing. She used to work at ICE, mm-hmm. and Giselle has a really great way well, of marketing. Yeah. yeah. She literally made the whole family buy ice, like because she, she just lit, she like she come home, she's like, guys, like look at this dress, it's so good. Oh my god, look at this! And then you're there, you're like, oh my god, you're right, you're right, I'm gonna buy it. And she had like my mom, my sisters, all of us. Your mom on ice. Yes, even my dad started buying singlets. Like she is so good at marketing because it's like for her, garments are not just like physical things. It's like they're a part of someone's story. They they just they're. They, they're of service to you. Yeah. And it's like, she helps you see the power in what you're buying and also when you wear it, you feel empowered because she's also hyped it up so much. <laughs> so Giselle had us buying huge amounts of ice products and ice is obviously fast fashion. So you reached a point where everyone's closets were like flooding with ice and that's where she was like, I need to sell my stuff. So she stopped, I think when she quit, she realized that we have all these ugly stuff that, because the thing about ice is that it doesn't last oh, too long. <laughs> It's like ice doesn't last too long. So yeah. we had all these ugly like singlets and dresses that were ripping apart and like you can't wear them for too long. So yeah. then that's when she started up shopping and because we oh. give away our stuff to up shops and she kind of went in and started picking up garments and then she found all these like really cool vintage pieces from like 
big designers. So first I start off with like Versace pants and like random t-shirts that literally have stories that date back from our reality right now. So yeah. each garment was like a time capsule. So it's like, oh my God, this was worn like a fashion week or the celebrity wore this shirt or like this shirt is just really cool. So yeah. it kind of sparked this thing about individuality. Mm. So it's like each garment you purchase at the op shop, it's like you just know you won't find anywhere else. And then oh. she started finding these dresses and they were all like sparkly and jeweled. Like I was this close to having my dress from an op shop, my ball dress. I was going to wear it to an op shop because she was so invested in op shopping and we saw so much value in the fact that you will not find anyone wearing this. Yeah. And it's like because she had the experience of like, you know, the fast fashion, the retail market, then she had the op shopping experience where each garment was so empowering and different. It's like she just kept going. And then basically because everyone was so invested in her own personal style because obviously it has her touch to it and her story to it of like finding her own confidence and, you know, knowing herself. It's like when people buy into Vint Refined, they're basically buying into that story and also trying to find themselves in her story. So it's like, that's what I really wanted you to see. So wow! This, yeah, the sister was sitting I at the watching <laughs> us. We were not grilling your sister, by the way. No, you weren't. I know. Uh, uh, our interview style is yeah, we don't it. do any research, we don't <laughs> so you ask questions. the good questions. We I, ask I the like question it. as we go. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I'm glad Thanks from the outside <laughs> looking in, you yeah. came in. But what you've done is basically interviewed your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Thank moment, you. I would say that you should pay her because that's a PR thing. That's <laughs> a great PR job. What you guys need Thank to you, do, darling. you and your sister, will create a podcast for you. <laughs> oh, oh, and you just sit like that. And just talk. And if you like, just talk about life. <laughs> you, you talk about whatever. The yeah. ice story, well, all me, those me, comments. Let's direct the conversation a little bit. Okay. Your Instagram. Mm. Yeah. Who does your Instagram videos? I do them myself. Really? That yeah. whole throwing of garments and things? I do them myself. But I did yeah. really. I did an undergrad degree in marketing and media. So oh, there you go. I, I remember so that was the root of it. You just have a natural creative flair. Yeah. Mm. I do. Some yeah. of those, like... <laughs> no, literally, I witnessed her do it by herself. Go back. Like, it's so I haven't, bizarre. I haven't seen her Instagram Amazing. Yet. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and right. I'm a digital marketer, by the way. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was going to get to there. I was like, wait... <laughs> That point where you reached is where he comes in and takes yeah, like, the, like, the Yeah, outside of the, being the mic being on, like I have the Midas touch on marketing, your, your, your brand would just like skyrocket. Whatever idea that you have, you can, you know, that's how we also met, you know, with him yeah. and, and all the events that we do and the event that you guys came to and all that stuff. Mm. It's just, we, we get yeah, an so idea, we collaboration, it, and then we, we, we expand it's it. It's about consistency. Yeah, so you're <laughs> about and, like, love. and you obviously and have the love for it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. I I think like I'm always like maybe I think I'm just a very expressive person, so whenever I do something, I'm always trying to find different ways to communicate it. Because that's how I even started a blog, because I wanted to have conversations, yeah, I wanted to, to write, I wanted oh, to kind yeah. of share stories and get people to reflect. So I, I think at the core of my heart, I always want people to think something is more than what they see it to be. Because there's always yeah. a different perspective to it. And I think that's the whole thing when it comes to fashion. Yeah. When it comes to even like the things that I'm studying, mm. there's so many layers that I want to explore. That I want to explore. Yeah. Um, when I was doing my master's, I did, um, like my study was looking at resettlement experiences of people from African backgrounds in WA. Why that topic? That topic, you see... I always like to do things that somehow relate to my own story, that somehow mm. I have a personal connection to, because otherwise I'm not driven to do it. So I chose that story because I could relate to the people that I was going to be interviewing. And I wanted to be able to bring in that insider perspective, but also speak to them in a way that I see you, I hear you. Yeah. And that's what I did when I did the interviews with, with my participants. Oh, it was 
the most amazing experience okay. ever. Um, it was difficult, but it was great for them to have that platform or even to have that conversation where they could share what they've been through and how they've perceived it and how they've experienced it. Uh, it was incredible. You see, everyone has got a story. Every person Absolutely. has got a brilliant story. Yeah. But it takes a special kind of individual to bring that story out. Mm. You need to uh, find the angles and, you know... Uh, the, the relevance the, of the story. Yes, oh. exactly. Most people like him. He was. He always tells me to get a story out of me is, is practically impossible. I've got a lots of practically stories. Practically impossible. Thousands of stories. Impossible. <laughs> but plain impossible. No. <laughs> yeah, because I'm all over the place. Yeah. But when you find yourself, uh, you find techniques, means, and ways of getting a story out of people, especially when you relate. Mm. You find that when people are comfortable. They'll tell you a lot. And, and for me, my experience is, I hate the word interview. Because mm -hmm. whenever you tell a person, we're doing an interview, their mind, something happens in their brain where they become, all right, interview, TV, mm -hmm. Oprah, so whatever. presentation. Yeah. But if you tell someone... Exactly what happened and then it took you to come on. To yeah, kind of like I, I actually definitely, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, because listen. <laughs> you start thinking about what should I put out? First, what's the best way yeah, to like present the, it? To be all, like all the podcasts we do <laughs> are not scripted. That's no. why they're not scripted. Don't yeah. That's why they're not scripted. No, because no. once you script yeah. uh, something and questions, you're sort of already made up a conclusion yeah. in yeah. terms yeah. of yeah. Yeah, I've got to ask this, 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 yeah. this, this. Mm. But people sometimes can be unpredictable. Mm. If I came to, at you with a line of questioning and then you change the topic, I have to go back, start thinking, whatever. Yeah, like how do we connect? Like how do we connect? On mm -hmm. and so on. I would yeah. rather I let you do the talking, and from your topics, from your talking, then I'll find out what you know. Mm -hmm. I feel I need to ask a bit further. Yeah. It's simple. And it's just why. Can I ask yeah. a question? So then, um, what, well, now what was it's your podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically, with what you guys are doing today, well, what was the initial goal? Like, what what are we talking about today? Listen, um, no goal, <laughs> he's going with the flow. We, we don't have a goal, the goal okay. will come up by its own. But, okay. uh, our podcast the theme is everyday life situations. Mm. So, now from the beginning, we didn't know where we were going, mm. right? So, as we went on chatting and whatever, we went down the marketing way, we found out that there's a lot of people like Giselle, like mm. him, like me, who have got all these passions and all that, and are really not good at finding a, uh, an, outlet. an outlet of expressing themselves and all that. Even on online, or maybe you, you find that she's always in the background and all that, right? So we thought we can sit down and just have a chat with somebody chat. and just mm. try to find out what they want to do, why they're not doing it, or how they can do it, it's basically just a platform, but it's more than a platform for us. It's also a learning curve because mm. we're learning about people. For example, a few episodes, we had a lady. Mm. Uh, she, when we met her, it was all about fashion, right? When you met her, it was also about fashion. She's into fashion, but there was a bigger story behind that. Yeah. Mm. So we wanted to bring her in for a chat about fashion. And we discovered there was a bigger story. So it was it was cosmetics. Cosmetics, actually, mm. but yeah. there was a bigger story there. There was mental health yeah. issues. There was that's, that's relationship our mental, two issues. Part mental health episode. 
Well, so, look at it this way, right? Mm. Sorry to cut you. It's a it's a timestamp. Yeah. It is a, a point in time because all of this is going online. It will stay there, and then some other person, when we're all, all dead and gone, can access it and feel. So it's basically a timestamp yeah. where. We invited, her to, yeah. we invited her, for example, and then you tagged along. We yeah. can't throw you out. She's like, oh, she's here too. That's cool. Yeah. And, and listen, we did not go out and say, we want to interview this person. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. It just happened. Just happened. Yeah. So it's organic. Of, our, we've tried to make our podcast sort of have a synergy. Of like where being real. Like she was talking about thrift shop. And I realized, hang on, mm-hmm. I know a dude. Who's got a no. bit of? Yeah, we've done this before, by the way. Where we think of somebody, just call them at random. I feel like something I noticed though from sitting outside was like that that conversation that was highlighted to me was that um, thrift shopping had two different meanings based on people's context. Mm-hmm. I feel Lots. like that was something that I feel like something we should actually explore more in terms yeah. of like kind of destigmatizing thrift shopping in a sense of like exploring the fact that it's, to a certain extent it's privileged that you can go to an op shop Absolutely. and feel like. I actually don't care about what anyone thinks about me. I'm going yeah. to purchase this. Yeah. But it's also beautiful that you also can, like, help someone else, someone who's being, like, you know, disadvantaged because of, pol- like, something political. But it's, mm-hmm. like, obviously, on the other hand, is that some of, some of the stuff... I feel like... Okay, I'm very pro shop. One one thing that's very important about shopping. Are you pro shop because of your sister? Or Honestly, no. I'm actually a huge like environmentalist. We were doing ice and that's and that's why. Yeah, no, but I was young, so I just witnessed her kind of discover herself, and she stamped it. But I feel like also my generation growing up is very environmentally conscious, and that's yeah. why one of the reasons why we decided to invite you guys now is because <laughs> from our angle, mm. shop we've only seen it from the side of tight ass yeah. people who don't who are stingy but when you mentioned mm-hmm. ethical buying that's one thing that uh, resonated with me and I was like I've never looked at it from that side I thought mm-hmm. it's just one of those where like no way I can buy a brand new yeah. item yeah. yeah so when you spoke about ethical buying that clicked something mm. in my nasty brain and I said we need to <laughs> but I will also say by the way I will represent the flip side of it I'll be the devil's advocate mm-hmm. yeah Tell I will not buy from a thrift shop because okay. not only will I just not do it mm-hmm. but the, the other time I did it I was Baba from the green map so <laughs> Can can we actually talk about that more? Yeah, for sure. So you being the only black person in that space, and then obviously, and then being dressed, and then being criminalized for you trying to engage in like a white space and trying to be a part of the thing, and then being criminalized and how you dress. Did that did that make you feel kind of like? Like ashamed in the sense of like you've no. tried something and then no. it just flipped on you. No. Yeah. It, it's it's more of a all right. So it. There's a, there's a lot of information about me that you don't know. So I don't mm. give a rat's ass what other people think. Really, I don't. And okay. what I was trying to do was, I was, I was, first of all, it was an 80s theme thing. So all I, what I wanted to do, like my primary goal was to fit into the 80s thing. All I need to mm. do is look 80s and just attend this thing, okay? Yeah. And I did look 80s. From yeah, like your they, perspective. As yeah, like, how they translated that yeah. into Perfect. this whole Baba thing. I was like, oh crap, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Did that All hurt right? you? Did that make you feel uncomfortable? No, it, it didn't. It was, it was I, funny how... I think what's been common in our conversations is this whole cross-cultural communication. Yeah. Where yeah. things are interpreted... Yeah, there's like in different yes. interpretations on different ends, whether it be the body, um, body like beauty standards, whether it be yeah, how we perceive up shopping. Yeah. yeah. Like and all that, these different things. There's all these different layers of how we interpret something and how someone else interprets something. Yeah. And that's why... Taking you back, you said something very important. You said, mm. 
fashion is important as in it, it when you go out there it represents something mm, mm. as he went thinking he's going to represent the night the 90s 80s i did yeah. represent it yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, but the interpretation, interpretation your, of it was, yeah. your like, audience wow. yeah. saw an inmate yeah. <laughs> on death row, not just inmates, yeah. but yeah. on death row. I, I watched the movie. Okay, so I wasn't offended by it, by the way. Yeah. But I will cry. Yeah, you, you can't be offended by the that. The fact you... that it, it's what they could relate to mm. in their database. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were like, okay, so who? Because then you know when you go to a oh, thousand party people, everyone's yeah. like, oh, you're Spock. Oh my God, you killed it. You know, yeah. oh, you're Rambo. Oh my god, you're like Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Then they were trying to place me like, okay, black guy, big dude. You know how they, one of the guys confessed. At, at some point, I got curious, right? I was like, wait, why? Why Baba? Yeah. And one of the guys took a photo because we take photos. He took a photo and then went to this whole Google Analyze thing, right? Mm. Yeah, Analyze yeah, yeah. They put up and it just went straight green mouth because oh, apparently wow. I had a bit of big stomach. Yeah. Dungaree, I was dark. What is a dungaree? Oh, it's this. Yeah, the, you know, it's like a one-piece jean. A onesie, yeah. Oh. So it's a denim outfit with straps. Oh, the oh, one, yeah. the one, um, uh, yeah, the they old school them? one, like Farmer Jones. Not overalls. There oh. is things you know, where you put it, it's like pants and then it comes to the front and it's got these stretchy yeah. pants that come to the yeah, front. Especially jeans yeah, especially yeah. I don't know, I've called them overalls my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh. in, in way back, we used to call them dangarees. Yeah, oh. when, when the they were hip, they used to be called dangarees. I see. Yeah. So you're wearing so I was in a dangaree, I was in these like fluorescent sneakers. Dangarees, overalls. <laughs> Maybe if you drop once um, yeah. outside. You yeah. have looked like a. But you, I guess um, I don't know. Even when I think of it, I don't it know. Was, it was, I think of something. I feel like I think of like kids playing. Like I don't even get <laughs> yeah, nineties. Kids, used yeah, to wear kids were, yeah, yeah they still do. They so still each do. person kind of on their own experience interprets that's, that. That's what caught yeah. my curiosity: the yeah. fact that mm. all of these people and these were not like <laughs> people like sitting down on one table and they all said helicopter, but you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So when I went out, yeah. Um, with my other friends because it was like all states it was, it's, a, it's an Australian New Zealand business so mm. it was like two countries come together so when my fellow WA people who, one was Batman one was Bob Simpson one was like <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an 80s thing like, it's character yeah because so, he was hot in the it was 80s? 80s wow so we came out and then we were like standing outside deciding what we want to do mm. and then this other dude just rocks up like really happy right like really happy he was like my god you've Killed it, bro. You've nailed the look. Oh my god, no. Now I'm thinking, finally someone gets it on MC Hammer. He's like, Baba from MC Hammer. <laughs> oh, MC Hammer. God. MC. When I think of MC, I think of like drop crotch pants. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammer pants. Yeah, like those ones. Well, no, he also had an episode where he was in this whole dangling Was it thing. just one episode? Probably because it That's was probably why we could <laughs> no, Do you know what I think? I think because of your exposure to like African-American music and obviously because you're black, you obviously relate to it more. It's yeah. like you had a more in-depth connection to your outfit, but because yeah. they're white... They yeah. just and, and that's from their context, yeah. It's like it's um, their database. They're like, yeah. okay, what what did this yeah. guy look like? And they can't. <laughs> they don't see anything. The they don't see anything. They're like, yeah. listen, Baba from <laughs> that is a situation where stereotyping is not harmful. There are times when stereotypes yeah. are mm. funny. For example, when you know uh, when the Marines, the American sailors, when they come into Perth and all oh, that, yeah, yeah, and. All these girls oh, think man. every black guy is, you know, when we go out and girls, excuse me, are you from the boat? They automatically <laughs> think every black guy is a sailor. 
When you oh, go to the I, club. Is this in Australia? Yeah, yeah. in Australia. From when does this girls happen? Been out when does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea the Marines Listen, thing. when the ship docks on the right. Kamata port, let me, you, it's, an, it's an advantage let when me, you're black. I'll let me you give it's you girls <laughs> some tea, as give you call it. Give us some tea. Apparently, Australian women, that's why I said oh, not mm. Australian, oh, they <laughs> love black American men. Now, once every often, uh, the American sailors would come to Perth, mm. dock yeah, at Fremantle, and they'll be in town for like a week or so. Mm. And they'll go out to the club and whatever, whatever. They spend a lot of money. They spend a lot of money. And you see them, they are tall, fresh haircuts and all that. And when they hit Northbridge, they hit Northbridge hard. So <laughs> all the girls come out. How old are these Marines? Marines. Oh, Marines. Most of them are like 18, yeah. 19. Wow. <laughs> I'm confused. Not I, that age. I've never seen... Um, you get... Uh, you're in the, you're oh, right. I don't know with COVID if they're coming this year. Pre-COVID? Because I used to be at the, the University of Notre Dame in Fremantle. Mm, yeah. So that's where they dock. And then some of them will be in Airbnbs. But it's like they, they are free time. They come for a weekend. Mm. And they'll go to all these R&B club and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So they were hit, they we're talking a thousand black guys. Boom. Oh, Even white guys. A thousand black guys onto the scene. I'm so disappointed I never knew. But now you know. <laughs> well, now, you well, know. now you know. That's why I said I'll give you some tea. Yeah. Some tea. It's a tip. It's not a tip. And because they are in the army, they're yeah. very respectable. They have a good time. They do whatever. But all the girls come out. Wow. And automatically all of us become... Marines! Marines. <laughs> And it's definitely the girls that most it? of us, yeah. our dressing yeah. is, is pretty much American influence. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a club where girls, hi, are you from the board? And I'm, I'm good enough to just say, no, no, actually, you know. No, yeah. no. Uh, but I knew a lot of my friends back then who'd be like, yep. Wow. And they're all lucky. You, you turn your accent. You change yeah. the way yeah, you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. I don't even do it. It's a big thing. Well, actually, you said something that's really interesting. Like a lot of, you said that, a lot of your style is American influenced. Yes. Could you go into that? Like it's, why? It's um. Especially that you're older. Listen, I think growing it's up from the eighties, nineties, everything like especially in my in our country, TV Zambia. Zambia. Okay. Zambia. The TV. Everything we were watching was American TV, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the shops. All the clothes, the style that were being in the shops was sort of because yeah, you get from. Yeah. Well, we're getting all these, even the women. It was all American catalogs and all that. Mm. It's only now that we've flipped it. We're going back into African wear, African mm. shit. But there was a time when well, America's okay. influence mm. on the world is quite vast. It's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. So. It's not that we were wearing Americans because we wanted to... It was be, just uh, what was there. That's what was there. Was All the TV shows we used to wear... I mean, we used to listen to hip-hop, R&B, mm. disco. Even our parents yeah. in the 70s. Mm-hmm. They were all, True. Every parent then was a James Brown. Yes. Oh, well, my well, mom is a Michael Jackson way. fan. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Because this is know. going on record, let's yeah. put it this way. So you have like, uh, you know the good cop, bad cop situation? Mm. Mm. Do you know the good cop, bad cop? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So we were colonized by the British. Yeah. So we didn't want to necessarily relate to the British. So the next best thing was was American. American. So both were there. 
but wanted we shunned the British influence and preferred the American because then the British were kind of connected to this oppression and you know kind of yeah thing. yeah if if yeah. there's one thing the Americans are good at is selling is their culture um, yeah, yeah. Come on, they've made sure all across the world <laughs> American culture is there yeah yeah you see it even here They're white boys want to be do you know black one, sorry one thing that I know that America has done so well is marketing yeah. their like their political system as the exactly. best especially through action Everything. films it's always an attack on russia but they're always somehow winning it's like <laughs> it's uh, just it's always amplified yeah, yeah. They're, they're just another level it's like once they're it's their army if it's their exactly. politicians if they're spies they're yeah. just top tier yeah but that's, when that's why now they're not yeah i know movie. i know it'll be a different thing yeah. but i What's feel like but we don't know what i find so easy access to like those things like where do you find russian films i don't i don't think that's russia? you see you well, google yeah everything. netflix is there netflix is yeah like, actually netflix yeah. is getting everything out. turned netflix around everything when the internet around. came in because yes. now we can i don't have to stay home yeah and show and watch what they're showing me. Yeah. I can okay. watch what I want to watch. But at the same time, time, that's the fallacy of choice because it's on Netflix. But let, look, let's yeah. not go there. That's another story. Right. That's another episode. That's let's bring, it, let's bring it back to where we are now. Um, <laughs> we were talking about ethical fashion. Yeah. We were talking about second-hand clothes. Yeah. yeah. And so now look, we have your PR assistant here who needs to get paid. <laughs> All right. We, we are almost... I'm out of time. So oh, no. let's um <laughs> let's conclude the conversation. Let's, let's talk about you, you had said off mic that you had some new idea that you're trying to announce. Not announce it, but you like mm. you had this thing that you you get to talk oh, about. Oh yeah, so I guess I was talking about and I think this is probably why she had to come in and, and share that perspective about my Nice that she came in. It's because <laughs> it's because I've been she, going she through She took over. <laughs> she became me. She was answering asking yeah, the patients now. <laughs> because I think that this idea is taking so many different shapes in different at different times of my life depending on how much time i have to dedicate to it mm. it's something that i've always loved to do so i think because of that constant constant transitioning is that some parts of the story gets lost in it um so now this is why i'm coming back to this and kind of spending enough time on it what i now wanted to focus on i realized that like what she said about consumers consumers have power we set yeah. the tone of what we want you know, because at the end of the day, it's an exchange. But I think sometimes as consumers, we don't realize the power that we have to influence the market. So where Vint Refined is right now is looking at how do we empower consumers. Hang on, hang on. Vint what? Vint Refined. Vint, F-V-I-N-T. That's the phrase. Vint Refined. Yeah, so Vint Refined underscore Refined. Yes. Talk about it. What is that? Can you WhatsApp? That word, that's the title of the oh, post, I've been, by the I've way. Been, I've been on, on her Instagram. And so that's Vintrefined? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, the title. So Vintrefined, the way I came up with the name was like Vintage Refined. Uh-huh. So it's it it's like the up. two together. I, I would never... I would never <laughs> you never think it? Yeah, she's speaking it. so fast. Going, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so it's slow ah, it's speaking fast. It's some of us who our brain is slow. Slow to... Ah, I love the way you put it. <laughs> yeah, that, it's my brain. Vint Refined. So oh, vintage refined. refined. So it's like refining vintage fashion because vintage fashion is always coming back in time. Make sure you register that and patent it. I do. Yeah. I need to do that actually. Yeah, what yeah. you need to do after the podcast is get in touch with me. <laughs> now continue. Okay. Hey, well, wait a minute. I'm also go- I'm also into marketing, advertising, and media. <laughs> well, they want a podcast. So, uh, so yeah, don't worry. We'll work about the podcast. So basically, um, where I'm at right now is I'm actually working on developing workshops where I'm gonna where my focus now is equipping consumers to become mm-hmm. better consumers, to become okay. more conscious, more aware and have, and be able to access the choice that they have. Cause I think sometimes they don't, we don't realize as consumers, the choices that we 
that are available to us, the fact that we can influence the market. Together, we can influence the market. So I'm working on developing workshops that can teach people how to... Face-to-face or online? Probably, probably it's going to be a mix of the two, so, given the COVID situation. What's the target? Men, women, everyone to do it. I'm yet to do it. I've done workshops not fashion related, but I'm Same. yet to do. So like right now I'm in the crux of like researching and developing something that I can do. But before that, I've been actually uh, contacted to partner with, um, I think it's called Rotary, the Elizabeth Key Rotary Club, yeah. where they're doing a, like a Vinny's show. They're collaborating with Vinny's to do a fashion show and they've kind of brought me nice. into style to do, nice. to do like a session yeah. where I style models using their pieces so yeah, yeah. then I guess to show people like you can still find beauty in these things here. Yeah. So, so that's something that's going to start us off. But after that, what I want to focus on is more like on the consumer, empowering the consumer, being aware, being creating a community of consumers who are conscious, who are aware of their impact on the market of fashion. You see, yeah. this is why I love this space is because we, and I'll tell you, every African Australian in Australia that I've met has got something going on. We've got all these wonderful things that we're doing mm. and very very few people know about it, but we are doing things. What you're doing is massive. It's big. And your sister, it's just the beginning for you guys. I think we've got a few ideas on how some... I, I do a lot of um, functions and all that, whatever, whatever. I can see where you guys fit in. But it's, it's, it's brilliant. Your idea is wonderful. And I think, especially with young girls, because I know a lot of young girls coming up, most of them, they have like um, um, sort of, um, what you call it, uh, confidence issues and all that, whatever, whatever. So maybe you can package all that. Yeah, I've definitely, that's a big part for me. Because at the end of the day, fashion has to do with your confidence. So confidence. that's part of like in me developing the workshop. There's going to be a big element. There's going to be an element there looking yeah. at that confidence in self, being aware of where you're at. Like, you know, looking at my journey, you know, coming from a student to going into a professional world and then kind of that, like the way my fashion has changed over those two different times and how yeah. has that affected my own confidence so, like, there's there's a lot of different... There's so many different layers to it. Fashion is more than... There's more than... There's more than, than what meets the eye. Meets That's the, the best eye. way to put it. Mm. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah. Sissy? Mm-hmm. With your art? Yes. Come Sorry. on. Oh, no. I'm not too sure. Sissy is an interviewer. You're not an interviewee. So, to get something out of her, you really need to go there. But... So, yeah. Uh, all right. Just, <laughs> let me put it this way. What are some of the struggles that you've encountered in your path? In my path. Especially with your art and fashion and all that. I think the most important thing that I've had, I've had to learn on the journey is my... Oh, okay. There you go. I can get her. Yeah. All right. It might, okay. The most important thing that I've had to learn on my journey is basically knowing your voice because everyone's creating. Like Everyone can do something to a certain extent. But if you know your voice and you know your style and you know what you're delivering and you're confident in it, then it kind of separates you from the rest. So I've kind of been in the stage of developing my unique style and my unique voice that mm. kind of identifies me solely by myself and doesn't really like, it's not like, oh, that looks like this designer or looks like this artist. It's more like that's CC, like when people say like that's CC. So I think that's the most important thing It's just like know yourself and what makes you uniquely you and then ride on it because that's what's going to take you further. Mm. Um, another thing that I... oh, the sister, <laughs> sister, 
So, so what, what made you get into artworks and all that? Apart from your sister. Apart from, Do you know well, what? She actually, you're right. I feel like you see the fact that she has shaped me a lot. Yeah, 100. Yeah, but, but, what, but then what um, for me, I, the biggest thing... Okay, so I've always been illustrating. I think ever since I was like a kid, I was like writing books and like illustrating for them. And the first career that I wanted to do, I mm. think I decided like in your... I was at year three or year two that I wanted to be an illustrator or an author because we'd always have like these library sessions. And I was like, I love like writing and I also love just like drawing. So I was like, I want to make both. And then mm. it developed as I got older. Um, but then after that, obviously, you know, coming from an African background, like academia is so much more valued and more important because it's much yes. more secure. But the thing is, it was never my parents who pressured me. It was just my understanding of being African that made me kind of... need to do this. Yeah, I need to do this. And then I reached like a point where it's like, you know, you start to, you know, come to that coming of age where it's like, who am I? Like, what do I want to do? And Mm. we're having... I was like always in the career office, like talking to the lady about what I want to do. And she would get very like mixed messages from me. She was like, you're very like... You like, you're an advocate. You love talking for people, about people. You like, you want to help them. And then hearing her made me like think, okay, then definitely I have to go to uni. Like... If that's the case, I have to go to uni and do something like political science or something like that. But mm. then the thing is, it's like I was also struggling with academia at that point in my life because I was transitioning from so many different schools that I just didn't know how I was going to get into uni with my grades. So then mm. out of the stress, I just started illustrating. Like if, every time in class, I'll just draw kind of to escape. And then mm. as I started to draw more, it's like this, the illustrations just develop and they look so cool. I'm like, oh, okay. I and can then do this. That's basically in, in, in my lecture theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I realized that I enjoyed illustrating a lot more, like just drawing and being creative because I didn't feel the pressure that academia gave me. Like, I didn't feel like I had to be something or like something mm. specific. I could just be me. And it's like the more I did, like got into, it, I realized it was something that was unspoken Followed about my yeah. But it was like. More like my art style was something that I just never knew was in me. I was like, there's something mm. that I just haven't discovered. And the hunger to know that part of me made me do a lot more research. So then okay. I would always kind of like, I was always in the art room, like a lunch and recess and stuff. So I got really close to my art teachers and I, it kind of gave me room to like know more about the art industry and all this stuff. So I would just be do, like doodling in class and printing. And then eventually I just chose to do like an art pathway. Like I just decided to like not do uni and I started doing research about like fashion schools and art schools and I try to look at the most practical way to pursue art mm, and, yeah. and also sell to my parents that they also like, okay, like, yeah, you can do it. She Even though they it. never actually cared, but I was like, <laughs> I need to make sure it like, sounds like it's something that's reliable. So if yeah. you were to combine, right, like in, in this moment in time, right here, right now, mm-hmm. there are no names, there are no brands, I'm not here, he's not here, you're not here. Mm-hmm. Like just personalities, mm-hmm. what would you be with her combined? Together as sisters, like not as sisters, like I said, there's no personalities. Like, there's just there's a our there's, strengths. If you were to get your skills, mm-hmm. not strengths, mm-hmm. your right. skills, and, of skills and her skills together, what would that look like? Oh my god, we're definitely a creative team. Whenever I've collaborated with Giselle, used, used for the for five words, you got five words. Um, I each. S- so you got five words. Oh Word god. one. We're, okay, so we're creative. Two. We're um effective. Strate- st- strategic. What? Um, what else? Four. Don't four. think, just go. Four. Okay. Just. Um, reliable. Five. Um. Don't think. I'm just trying. Just say it. Don't think. It's hard. It's hard to tell someone not no, to think. I know. Because I didn't think of it. I'm not thinking. There's one more word. Don't think. Just say it. Blurred it. Uh, stylish. Stylish. Okay. Cool. Okay. Giselle. 
five words, don't think. If they were, if you were not you, she was not her, yeah. but the skills came together, what would that be? Word one. I think we're geniuses. <laughs> yeah, two. We're visionary. No okay. We are compassionate. Four. We are hardworking Five. and committed. That's the one. Cool. Yeah. We can record this session and send it back to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This looks like some of a counseling kind of this, session. <laughs> I've, listen, I've, I've noticed something in these ladies that yeah. they don't know. That they don't see, yeah. Don't Tell see us. Us. Tell <laughs> We just did in the five words you just said. Five words you said. If you, can, oh. if you can go back to this recording, yeah. get those, those ten words, put them together, sit and remember, you're not sisters. Your talents. Or talents. Yeah. If bring your talent, bring your talent, bring in those words together and then from there you kind of create a synergy and then you bounce on that synergy now. You really, really go on it. Okay, let's just go this way. The thing that blocks that creativity and, and it's because you think it's she's my sister. you've got personalities, yeah, she's my elder sister, and then you look at her as my younger sister. So that's what blocks it. And Do you know what the most excellent thing that has happened today is your sister. Saying, I'm not going to sit here. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here. <laughs> the moment she decided to do that is the start of a, a, a big journey for you guys. Because your sister's like, oh. She didn't come in as your sister. She came in with a business intent. Because she was like, you're not representing yourself correctly. But you also said, oh, no, no, listen. This is this and this and that. Which is brilliant. She could have just... The conversation she brought here she could have had with you on the way back in the car and she'd be like ah ah should have ah. <laughs> but she was like ah. or, or with the adult dumb ones who do oh, know that they planned the whole Yo, thing yeah. <laughs> And then they're here now, and they're like yeah kill it I'm 10 the, out of 10 I'm the king of being slow I just no. sit here press the buttons and the magic Happened. <laughs> I, I agree. Oh, I think, you know that. Yeah, to get sure. something for me, you have to give me at least three weeks. Man, three weeks? <laughs> we are making a new calendar for this guy. Like the Gregorian calendar doesn't work for him. So make a new one. Let's not even talk about his wife because he doesn't want to talk about the wife. Yeah, yeah uh, you even wonder how I've got awards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ladies, listen. Uh, on a serious note, yeah. it's been very interesting to have you here. Thanks for having Anytime you are free or whatever, we can sit down. But also think about that podcast. We'll talk that after off the mic. Yeah, sure. Think? Off the mic. So, uh, CC Giselle, thank you very much. Giselle. 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 The crazy Giselle. thing is that she pronounces it Giselle. It was like, no, say hey, my name. Only... Oh, no, I, I honestly, I've, I've grown up here. I don't even have the, the, the French, ability. The, the French I just, twang. Yeah, it's just not going right. to happen. I think. We've had so many multi-layered conversations. Which is very typical. This is how Hai and I talk. We talk about fashion, we talk about politics, we talk about all things life. We'll we'll talk off mic about that. We'll talk (laughs) off mic about that. I've I've got something brilliant for you guys. (laughs) And please, everything we say on this podcast, it's us. It's us having a discussion. It's it's not aimed at anyone directly or indirectly or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. When we mention names, like I mentioned people, these are people I know personally. Mm. Even if they listen, they're not gonna sue us or whatever. Yeah. It's all about you know. At the end of the day, we've got stories to tell. Mm. Yeah. We've got stories to tell, and if you don't want to tell your story, that's fine. Mm. Like I told you last time, uh, earlier on, I was like, everyone has got a story. Just depends on how mm. they bring it out. Mm. So anyway, it's been uh, the time and place podcast. It started with Giselle. 
and then Sissy joined in and yep. she turned everything upside down. <laughs> Sissy turned this podcast into her podcast. <laughs> For like 10 minutes, she was asking the question. We even got him to start asking questions because he was really just watching. Hanstone was like, no, 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 I need to up my game here. <laughs> okay, Anytime. Uh, Anytime you girls got something going on, whatever, let us know. It's been it's been fun. It's awesome. Been fun. Thanks for having us. All right, Cranston, you're not gonna say anything. I will. Well, I'll say something. Um, there, there. I think the the the, the crux of this conversation, which has lasted very long, mm-hmm. is that there are perceptions on things that are important to people. Mm-hmm. Whether it's clothes, it's fashion, mm-hmm. it's culture, it's it's national it's continental it's cross-regional mm. all of it is based on really like if you boil it down to the very essence is perception mm. and i think we've covered a lot based on perception and then you guys as you came you're going back educated because you didn't know I'm, at least their perception about zambians <laughs> i'm educated so it's, it's very fruitful that way the fact that you can get to a place where you can you, you had a plan that's why we don't have plans because mm. plans Tunnel everything. It's like tunnel vision. Let's just stick to this narrative. Yeah. But then the, the beauty of the Time and Place podcast is that we can come from one end and then you still cover that and you still come out like beneficial on that, but then we can cover another end. And um, it's also brilliant in the fact that um, sometimes we you have a product, you have a product. When you keep it to yourself, it's a product. When you take it to the next level, it's products. Mm. Does that make sense? Total. I talked. I talked. I talked. One hundred percent. All right. Anyway, I, I accept it's, it. It's, it's multiplication. It's, it's, I don't know. Anyway, it's been the time and place it's podcast with CC and Giselle. Yeah. And uh, thank you very much for joining in. We'll see you next time. Let's go. Cool your ice cream, Caladocious baby. <laughs> you know, this is one of those songs. <laughs> Just makes you feel good, you know. <laughs> Without you, my heart can be. Without you, my heart can be.